walking up to people and like be like, "What's the craziest place you've had sex?" You know, like yes, the key. What? Uh, <laughs> I have. Oh? Just saying. Just saying. Did not happen. I work here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> So I had that happen to me. I was basically in this bar in Austin, Texas, and this guy walked up to me and goes, like with his full flash on in this dark ass bar, goes, "What the? What's the coolest place you've ever had sex?" And I was like, "In the rainforest in Costa Rica." <laughs> so <laughs> when I was in grad school, I taught a study abroad in Costa Rica. No, Deb, if you hear this, you didn't hear this. Um, Basically, you're this dude who owns a resort in Costa Rica, and I, like, fucked in a cabin that was, like, uninhabited at the time, but it was, like, this, like, updated cabin. We started canoodling on the beach. It was, like, full moon outside. Basically, we started making out, canoodling on the beach. Then he, like, took me, because he owns this resort, took me to of this... Of course he owned the resort. Exactly. <laughs> so he took me to this other cabin where no one was staying. It was the best sex of my fucking life. I literally, like... <laughs> First of all, I think I was like 24 at the time, and he was like 36, which is kind of hot. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, We don't get out that much. mm -hmm. We're not that popular Either way, they're not going to listen to this. They're not going to find this. (laughs) If they want to promote, I mean, cool. You know, let's work on it together. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) But what happened? So, yeah, he and I just like banged for hours, and it was incredible. And then the next morning, we both had to be up at 5 a.m. because... Him and the people that run the resort were taking us back to land. And so in the morning we just saw each other and we're like, casual nod. It's <laughs> like, I've seen you before. Yeah, we've we, seen you one time. Hey, but now, this is the best part, is now he always wants to give me a discount to come stay at the resort. So, like, who's really winning here going That's to staying crazy. at a resort on the beach and in the rainforest of Costa Rica with a hot man? It's Can fun. somebody say friend with benefits? Seriously, though. <laughs> Maybe more than that. I don't know. Like That's like some sugar daddy hot shit. <laughs> Did it for the discount. Let's go. You heard it here first, folks. Serene Dion <laughs> did it for the discount. Zero now, regrets. <laughs> my, next, my question for you based on that story, though, is did this experience happen to inspire any of your um, event buildups that you've done for people? Hmm. Do you like that segue into your career? I do like that segue into my career. Um, I would say probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no, no Costa Rica sex themed parties. Like for I mean, that's in, in the, the works city. in the future. Like, is that that's in like the books? Yeah, like I'm like to planning pitch. to try to do some Costa Rica actually shit because they do like mushroom retreats in Costa Rica. Correct. Which is kind of cool. Not that I've been on one. I have not at whoever. Um, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the CIA they, listens to Gap Street, by the way. As they We're fucking there, should. They should be listening. They, I'm I'm on a list. Only That's my whole audience. I'm on a curse, right? A t- completely. Okay. <laughs> completely. Ruin your whole life on this, this show. This is like the funnest I don't thing care. I've done in so long, honestly. This is the what? <laughs> like the funnest thing I've done in a long time. I'm very glad to hear that. I'm also having a good time. Cursing in front of people in a public place <laughs> on a microphone is one of the best joys I've ever had in my life. It's um, honestly really fun doing it for two years you get more and more ways to do so it's a good time yes (laughs) i know you speak so well and i feel like i'm just like chaos in a good way i appreciate that though (laughs) see i take the chaos that comes out of my head it's like my my partners are in the audience they can attest that um when i don't actually 
have a microphone in front of me, it sounds like a blender just kind of <laughs> operating, and then I pour a smoothie out of it, and that's what happens. Um, they don't normally hear this. It's not normally this articulate. No. So not I normally anymore. word vomit. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but it's tasty word vomit. Let's be tasteful real. Tasteful word vomit. If you put it in the right container, you serve it in this, look, come on. Then it's real hot girl shit. There you got real hot girl shit. Straight <laughs> up. Straight up. <laughs> We're talking about the vomiting part. That's the hot girl shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we here at The Key know that already. Um, <laughs> we're always partying hard when we're off the clock. It's cool. Don't so worry good. about it. Absolutely. But you curated a gallery here recently, and that was dope. And that's actually how I met you. Yes. Um, we were here together, and I was like, hey, yo, you were in the same room. You did that shit? Cool. Let's talk about it. <laughs> to, to sum it up. Chug's um, espresso martini. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, do you, do you want another drink? Oh, I have another one. Oh, perfect. Let's reach back here. Oh my goodness, there's How a bar. How fancy does that work? Oh, thank you, Drew. Oh, no, he's not back there. <laughs> Whoopsie. I thought, yeah, we just had a Gab Street bar set up right behind us. It was perfect. For those of you not watching, that's what's there. Just uh, believe that for me, please. Okay. Uh, I'm also just got to plug the key for a minute. This oh. is a great whiskey sour. I just want to put that out there. Um, if you like those. I can plug the key as well. I come here often. I do events here, and the drinks are always popping, and the vibes are always good. The drinks are popping. The vibes are good. I literally work here. I curate the vibes to yeah. a certain extent. You do. I have to make sure the vibes stay okay. I think, I think that they do. Um, come in, party. It's a good time. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Shout out to the key. <laughs> We're here in the gallery. We're here in the gallery. Literally. Right now. Literally in the gallery. Surrounded by Ludi Sonatus' art which is dope. It is beautiful. I really love her. Like she she has like a theme. Like I don't I don't know. I do art galleries so differently, but yeah. these are all like very like combined together. Yeah, they, they have a similar like perspective and like I feel like they kind of inspire the same le uh, the same thoughts, the uh, same genre of thoughts between them, but it but it is a different experience in each one because I feel like I'm like experiencing a different person's life when I'm looking at these faces. When I yeah, look around, it's kind of crazy. Oh wow! Anybody who's been to the Key, you know, for about a month now, Ludi's art has been up. Um, Ludi Sonat is it Sonatus? Am I, I saying that incorrectly? I don't incorrectly? know her to be honest, so I don't know. Okay, if I, if I am disrespectfully pronouncing it, I apologize, my friend. But your art is gorgeous. I love the signature eyebrow. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess circling back to my gallery. Yes. So, I did run a gallery here in July, for the month of July at the Key. Okay. That was called Color. Um, the reason I came up with the name Color, so if you did attend our event, our event was House Grooves and Art Moves here in Columbus, and it was like, I think it was July 8th. We, all of our events keep ending up on the 8th, which is like a really weird thing, but like, And that's the works. day I started here. Really? It was April 8th. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so you like walked into like my gallery and were like, what the fuck? Pretty much. Yeah. I, honestly, the like the people that was one of my favorite things about doing the gallery was sitting here and watching people experience it, because we had six local artists, um, and honestly, I kind of did like an art gallery kind of rogue. <laughs> so I, normal art galleries are thought out in advance, and you kind of like pre-curate, correct? Ours, I had tried to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't necessarily get there. So basically, day of that we were setting up was when I got to see all the art for the first time. 
Okay. Which was really cool because it was honestly a combined effort between the artists and me of like how we displayed it all, which was like really fun for like a teamwork type of activity, but also like the, because all the different mediums were so different. Like when that was one of my favorite things about our gallery color was that like every piece was different. There was not like, there was consistency without and all the energy was very similar but each piece was so individualized. Cause like we, I mean, obviously we had the things from like abstract large canvas pieces to Tyler, the creator's face is a strawberry. <laughs> that, that was so great. <laughs> that made me so happy. And Ice Cube as an Ice Cube. Ice Cube as an Ice Cube That's in timeless. the Columbus Dispatch to so how it out. There you go, yes. Yes, um, that was very meta. <laughs> But that was a fan favorite. That was a fan favorite. Um, my plant lady on the front, she had titty boob eyes. <laughs> yes. And was growing a plant out of her body. Um, that was also, I think, a good, not to shout out to myself, but I do, I do art as well. I made a great cool. choice on that one. No, I'm just kidding. Like I said earlier, I don't think I have mentioned this on too many episodes, but I tell folks when they come on Gab Street, uh, this is the place to brag. This is the place to toot your own horn, even if it comes out out of tune. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> hype yourself up. That's what I got for you. Yeah. There so you I go. had how many pieces? I had one, two, three. I had four pieces in the show, which yeah. I was okay with. Um, most of the artists, I think, had six, five or six. Um, I also like put together the event, did all the marketing, the promotion, all every basic, most of the TikToks, things like that. I like all made those too, which is kind of cool. Um, but the gallery was a very cool spot. And as a business owner, I had been planning, me and Doug, so I do have a business partner. His name is Doug Holland. We love Doug. Um, shout out to Dougert here in Columbus, Ohio. But so Doug and I, Doug had pitched the idea of doing a gallery to me. Um, we co did it together which was cool um but doug and i basically doug knew all the artists actually which is very cool and he put all of our art like people together oh, yeah. which i think was like very very neat and that's like a cool thing between him and i and our cowtown company cowtown entertainment is our company doug and i run so that one more time what is it called cowtown entertainment and, and you do what with it you run it that's your company that you run yes it oh, is thank you i just wanted to make sure just so that we could uh, i could understand that clearly just, thank you, you know. i appreciate it also like i feel like i don't know I, i'm a midwestern lady i like don't like show off <laughs> listen that's what i, I was to. raised too that's why i'm doing this show because we were told not to. Dead ass. We were told to be fucking silent, get married by 21, and have babies by the time we're 23. Honestly, though. I mean, it's still my track, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got one in the oven coming out next year. Uh, Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. The I can't pregnancy do that. I'm just no, kidding. I, I really, like... I tr we try, but... <laughs> Sorry. We said we try. <laughs> anyway. Cowtown Entertainment. Yes, Cowtown Tell me how that came about. So, Doug started, or, okay, so Doug started a company called HH Events, and he's been doing this work, full credit Is that to a derive, uh, derivative of HH Greg, the, uh... <laughs> That's actually really fucking funny. Well, it's because his business store. partner and him have the same, they both, their last name start with H. Oh. His old business partner. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry, Doug, that was not to be at your expense. At H H not H meant H to be Greg. at your expense. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so Doug had been doing this work for a while. Um, Doug and I knew each other from high school, which is kind of fun, but we That's didn't great. like 
we were like friends in high school. We did a musical together. That's how we know each other. Mm. Um, but we weren't like BFFs in high school, but we ran into each other. Theater kids reunited by EDM. Dead ass. 3D That's kids. right. Th- 3D, 3D kids? Oh my God. Theater kids. <laughs> 3D kids? That's Yo, a that, How did you concept. do that back then? That's crazy. Wait, we are already. Anyway, continue. <laughs> no, we're fine. I, I got, I caught up now. We're good. So, yeah, what did I, so we were theater kids, not 3D kids. I mean, we guess we were 3D kids. You were too, both. Yeah. But, um, so we, what did we do? So we did musicals together, and basically we didn't see each other for like 10-ish years. Damn. So him and I randomly ran into each other at a show at Scully's. And As like, it happens. Yeah, and I've been seeing Doug at like a few shows, but I've been like starting going to shows, things like that. Um... And so, how I got involved with Cowtown is a little depressing, so, let fucking trigger warning. Understood. Um, Thank so you So, in 2021, I was diagnosed with incurable leukemia, which people don't know because I don't look sick, I don't really act sick, I don't have a lot of sick qualities. Um, so Except wh- being sick nasty. Dead ass. There you go. <laughs> Dead ass. So, I, yeah, I was diagnosed with... Um, Actually, technically, I have two types of cancer, which is, like, even more depressing than just, like, having one that's incurable. But I have fucking two. So, I have a form of... Also, like, I know I'm talking about it, like, jolly. It's just, like, I've had to give this feel, like, quite a few times. Trust me, I understand. So, um, yeah, I have a form of leukemia called chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And because, by proxy, because I have that, I have small lymphatic lymphoma. Um, So, I basically... Basically, my lymphatic system doesn't work, and my white blood cells are trying to fucking kill me, which is, like, a weird thing to have in your body. Um, Normally, they're the homies. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, they're fighting off disease. Mine are trying to kill me, which is, like, weird. Yeah, there's been a whole weird mental process with, like, understanding, like, how my body is, and that my body's literally trying to kill itself is weird. Yeah. So, not only do I just have that, I'm actually, like, a super anomaly. So, the average age patient with my disease is 72. I was diagnosed at 26. Also, it's typically seen in men. I'm a woman, and so it's also weird. So, as a cancer patient, it's really odd because they have no research on anything about me. So, I'm in this, like, group of anomalies, but, like, even smaller group of anomalies. Like, when I got diagnosed, my doctor, I went to the Zangmeister Center first, but now I'm at the James Cancer Center. Um, My doctor actually called me a day late and diagnosed me a day late. Because in her entire career, she had never seen anyone in her career with my disease at my age. Wow. She didn't believe it. She had someone double-check her work because she didn't want to misdiagnose me. Mad respect, hella anxiety, but still. Um, But now I'm at the James, and even at the James, I'm like, I'm their youngest patient, actually. Which is, like, very odd. Um, And my doctor has only seen one other person younger than me, which was, like, ten years ago, and they died. So it's, like, a very weird thing, because when I got diagnosed, I was like... First of all, what the... F- I literally, to my doctor on the phone, I was like, what the fuck is that? Because she... Yeah. Basically, she called me, and she was like... So I looked at your blood. It was a little weird. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? She's <laughs> like, that's not terminology. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, okay, your your blood's a little weird. Cool, Which like, textbook I guess. is that from? <laughs> Dead ass. So she was like... So I actually had my colleague double-check my work because I didn't want to misdiagnose you, which I appreciate. But she's like, you have chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And on the phone, I literally... I was in a Wendy's parking lot because I pulled over because I, like, recognized my doctor's phone number. And I was like, oh, the Zingmeister Center is calling me, and it's a day late, so I must be fine. Like, I thought I was in the clear, good, shit was good, whatever. 
So I pulled over and um, she, <laughs> yeah, I answered. I was like, hey, Dr. Whitman, because I'm like pretty upbeat and like cool, I guess. I don't know. As a patient, I found that I'm a cool patient. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's self-identifying. But It's so, fun when they tell you that, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Actually, I get a lot of good feedback from them. <laughs> like social workers have fun clients, you know? Yeah, I, mean? I was that fun client. I was like, oh, actually, I feel like I'm always wearing bright colors. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> and then Sorry. they're also like, actually, you can never be friends with them anyway, so don't try it. Yeah, yeah. so. Like, buy the book. You can't. It's like, Hello, oh, okay. Oh, welcome. Thank you for coming. Sorry to oh, pause you're fine. in the thing. Welcome to the audience, my friend. Yes. Hmm? So... Basically, she was like, you have chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And I literally on the phone was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And she was like, basically she explained it. It's an incurable form of leukemia that people can live with for a long time. But <laughs> my ass was like, am I going to die? And I asked her that. I asked her on the phone. I was like, am I going to die? And her response, and no, no hate to her if you listen to this and you know what I'm talking about. I totally understand why you said this now. In the moment, it sucked. But she was like, typically when I diagnose a patient at 72, I give them 10 years to live. So, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> My first impression of that is, if they have 10 years at 72, you must have more, right? Well, see, that's like my first interpretation as well. However, that's for a 72-year-old. They have yeah. no research and anything to back up anything that I will live a long time. Got it. Yeah, so it's like very weird, very odd, but like... And I've had, like, some trial and tribulation. So, speaking of how I got into Cowtown, um, yeah, that was this past year. Yeah. So, basically, with this disease, you can, like, live and, like, most things are, like, normal. So, like, my biggest, this is so shitty, my biggest symptom of having fucking cancer is being tired. How rude is that? I, for real. It's, That's like, a, a thing you wouldn't think about, but, like, I, before I, ha so I had a surgery in February, and I'll get into that. But before that, like, basically, I was, like, facing, like, a lot of, like, being very, very tired, being very, like, cathartic, like, being out of it, just, like, basically going to my day job, going home, fucking sleeping. I had no energy to do anything else. Also, I was grieving, so, like, makes sense, too. Um, but, yeah, that's my biggest symptom. And then other symptoms are, like, torrential night sweats, which fucking blow and getting hot flashes. I would tell my, like, 50-year-old coworkers I was having, like, a hot flash and they're like are you in menopause and I'm like no I just have fucking cancer you asshole like sorry but you wake up and you're like oh <laughs> shit I washed the sheets cool yeah no like but like your bed would be like soaked sheets like terrible awful yeah but it's weird because it's like you don't associate being tired and having night sweats with cancer it's very yeah. weird but good for the public to know honestly that is very good for the public to know. it is good to know because people don't realize that like if you're having night sweats night sweats actually are associated with a lot of like chronic illness and disease so if you're experiencing night sweats, go talk to your doctor, for real. Um, Great to know that. Thank it you. is really good to know, especially as a young person. And the only reason I know that, and it's very unfortunate, is because my brother had cancer at 22. Got it. Which, I'll go into that in, like, a bit, but he's fine now. He's in remission, he's good, so things are good. That is And that's great. been, like, 10 years. But, um, so Cowtown. So this past year, so speaking about my diagnosis, I got diagnosed in April of 2021, dealing with that, doing that shit. In January of this turning into 2022 literally the first week of the year i was like this year literally cannot be worse than last year because <laughs> i was like i got diagnosed with incurable cancer like that's like who the f what can top that you know what i mean so the first week of january i got really really sick i had a fever of like 
which if you have a fever as an adult, like it's very different than like having a fever as a child. But also if you're in a cancer, if you're a cancer patient, it puts you in like a different category. Cause that means something in your body is like not fucking working. Yeah. So I had a fever for a week and a half of like 102. And basically throughout this process, I figured out, first of all, I can never go to an urgent care again because they, because I'm such a rare patient that they're afraid to like touch me, which is very weird. And the doctors aren't qualified enough because I've also found this and no shade to doctors. I totally trust you, but really only specialists know about my disease because it's so rare in general. So most people don't know this, but having a blood cancer in general is only a 2% chance for anybody. It's fucking rude. I was in that 2% chance and even more so. Like it was like a 0.03% chance for me to have what I have. That is wild. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so January I got really, really sick, had to go to the hospital, was in the ER. Basically I got sent to the ER because I went to an urgent care and because I'd had such a high fever, they wanted to check me for meningitis. Which, how they check you for meningitis is by doing a spinal tap. Yeah. I didn't have that, thankfully, because the doctors were experienced and noticed that, like, I didn't have other, like, symptoms of meningitis, thankfully. So I didn't have to do that. But, like, I get stabbed often. That sounds really fucked up, but, like... Well, okay. That's metal as hell. Awesome. But that's why I have this tattoo. I have, like, this sad face because I can only get blood drawn from my right arm because I had surgery on my left arm. Oh, damn. Yeah, so I literally got this, so they have to see me cry every time that they fucking take my blood. They usually think it's kind of funny. It's a little oxymoronic for me, but... But I also, from the perspective of somebody that's been... Social work isn't, like, a isn't a medical field, necessarily. It can be, Yeah, it's similar. It having a client in front of me that once I get a signal that they have been in front of people like me already then I feel like I'd be, I'm able to loosen up and say okay well we can get past all of this all of this expositional stuff you already know I, I, you already know who you're talking to so we can go ahead and just have a conversation and I feel like doing that even, even a tattoo something mm-hmm. like that you're like I've been here you can be cool with me this is how dedicated I am not dedicated but like I've been in this space a lot I know what you're saying yeah so it could even help you out well I think it has because some of the nurses a when I explain it they think it's like not funny but like they get it you know what I mean like they get like I literally well and I can so I had when I first got diagnosed I had a surgery where they took a lymph node out of my left armpit which also good shit for people to know if you ever have a lymph node removed you will experience numbness I could not feel my fucking armpit for six months. I still can't feel my face, which I'll get to that. But, yeah, I could not feel my left armpit for, like, six months. I couldn't really use my left arm. It was a lot weaker. It was very weird. I learned about the lymphatic system at some point. All of that shit is gone. So your lymphatic system basically is, like, your biggest, like, ox... Like, not oxidation. That's not the right word. It's basically your biggest filter of your body. So, actually, the biggest lymph node in your body is your spleen. So a lot of people really don't know what your spleen fucking does. So your spleen is your biggest filter of your lymphatic system. And so like my disease specifically attacks my my spleen, which is interesting. Um, But your lymphatic system is all in your armpits, up in your neck, your collarbones, all that type of shit. So I guess speeding up a little bit. So what happened? How I got circling back to how I get back to fucking Cowtown. So I thought I was dying in January, got really sick. I basically, after I went to the ER, they went back to my hematologist because I was, um, yeah, I'm good. Basically, I went back to my hematologist because I was like, I was randomly getting fevers, which like, 
Can you imagine just being a fucking adult and just like you're at a fucking store and you're like, I think I have a fever, like multiple times, like in a month. That's like literally what was happening. And I was like, I, I actually, this sounds really funny. I bought like a thermometer that like Bluetooth to my phone so I could like track it for my doctors. It's like a child's thermometer, but it was very useful. Um, so I mean, I, yeah. Should they put that on the box too? Honestly, track your cancer th- fevers. I'm kidding. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> Can we get a sponsor on here real quick? Uh, <laughs> American Red Cross. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, Welcome to Gab Street. Give blood. Um, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> hey, I donated a lot of blood before I couldn't. Um, there you go. There you, hey, you got your Zen. There you go. I did get my Zen. Yeah, you're good. So... Yeah, so basically, after I kept getting random fevers, my appetite was, like, being weird, and I was getting pain in your upper left abdomen, which, good to know, everyone, if you get pain in your upper left abdomen, that's probably your spleen, or it's, like, nothing. So that's, like, good to know, like, universally for everyone. One of those. One of those. Yes. So (laughs) I was starting to get pain in my spleen. I was getting these random fevers. Basically, these are giant red flags for someone who has cancer. So I hit up my doctor... Which, like, shout out to the James at Ohio State. I'm normally, like, not a huge OSU person, but I will shout out my cancer doctors. They're fucking badasses. I have a team of women, and I think that matters, and it's very cool. Um, And actually, my doctor is one of the best in the world. That's why I go to her, which is very convenient that I live in Columbus, Ohio. Yo. But, yeah, she's done, like, majorly a lot of research for my disease and, like, has changed a lot of people's lives, which is really fucking cool. Um, So I messaged them, was like, yo, I'm getting these fevers, I'm like getting these weird things. They had me come in. Basically, they were like, there's two things that are happening. They're like, one, you could just be dealing with CLL, and that's just kind of what this disease does to people, or your cancer's transformed in this thing called Richter syndrome. If you Google Richter syndrome, Richter syndrome kills you in a year. So I literally, this past January, thought I was dying. I literally thought that I was dying because I had all these weird symptoms. There's a high possibility for this transformation to take place. And the only known cure for my disease, which is really obscure, is drinking copious amounts of fucking green tea. <laughs> so Green tea you, shots, anyone? Seriously, though, the antioxidants, get those bitches. If you're going to drink alcohol, you might as well get antioxidants with it. But... Get on that Lipton shit, you know what I'm saying? Seriously, that's what I started doing. (laughs) I I felt like a fucking weirdo. I started doing all these really odd, like, things for myself. So I have a membership at Ebb and Float. Shout out to Ebb and Float. I love them. Know about them. I think they've actually really helped my My life. My dad's gone there quite a lot. I I actually know them weirdly well. They're really great. I go there for um, infrared sauning, which infrared sauning will kill bad cells and help regenerate real cells I started feeling well it drains my lymphatic system so the only ways to drain your lymphatic system are by sweating and working out not that I don't ever want to work out but like sweating is a little easier and I can like meditate or read a book or something so so do you do like saunas yeah so I'll go sauning I've been off for like a little bit because I've been through a bunch of weird shit the past couple weeks but I was like regularly sauning. I started drinking gallons of green tea a day. I looked like such a fucking weirdo at my job. I was carrying these like giant green tea bottles at work and was like making sure I drank them all. Cause I was like, if this shit's gonna help, like 
I don't know. It's weird, like, because, like, obviously, like, I mean, I've experienced, like, depression. I've experienced anxiety. I've experienced suicidality. But it's different when your body's literally just trying to kill itself. It's a different attitude. It's a different attitude, but it's, like, not your choice by any fucking means. So You're like, wait, I wanted to do this shit in the first place, but now it's... Oh, no, no, you don't get to do that. No, I was going to do that. Yeah, like, there was a time period, this sounds really weird, but I would literally look at my arm and be like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you... At that point, it feels like a separate entity from you, I bet. No, seriously, because it's, like, a very disconnected thing from, like, my brain and, like, a disconnected from my body. And, like, even though my mind is, like, really good, like... My body's literally trying to kill me, and I just, like, had to learn to accept that. But basically, in February, so from that, like, potential diagnosis, I had a really severe surgery mid-February. I, so you can see in my neck. So if you ever see on my Instagram, like, a thing that looks like a choker on my neck, it is not. <laughs> it is a giant 11-inch scar where I had my neck cut open. Permanent accessorizing. It's honestly kind of hot. I kind of like that it's, like, exactly. kind of weirdly intimidating. See what I'm saying? It is kind of cool. I like it. There you go. Now... But it also made me feel a lot better. So basically, I had five lymph nodes removed from my neck, and they were all super... How many do you have in general? So lymph nodes, like, they pop up. So, like, you don't really just have a set amount. So, like, your lymphatic system deals with infection, but also, like, they don't... So, like, if you get, it like, strep throat, for an example, those your tonsils are lymph nodes, actually. Okay. So your tonsils, like, catch the fucking bad shit. And then you, like, release it. But your lymphatic system only pops up when it's necessary. Wait, so your lymphatic system can be like, wait, there's something going on here. Fuck, shove more of the, like, send yes. guys Because like, it's, up. like, basically inflammation. And also, like, it's an organ that really doesn't need to present itself until okay. it's infected or something. Got it. Yeah. That's so, crazy shit. But I had, so I, basically, the week of my surgery was insane. I had this appointment with my doctor that was like, you might be really, really sick. And then... I basically got in with an ENT on Thursday, and they had an opening for surgery Friday. So it was, like, literally in this one-week period. And on the Friday, I had five lymph nodes removed from my neck. I consented to, and no no shade to my doctors, I consented to a bilateral biopsy, which is where they do two small incisions. And they were like, you're going to be able to drive later. I woke up from surgery with a tube coming out of my fucking head and my entire throat slit. And, I, I mean, I was on opiates, so I was like what the fuck but like but not like but not like really processing what the fuck happened how many movies can you no longer watch ever again um i watched knock on a cabin in the wood and there was a dude who slit his own throat and i was like same like oh so now it's just relatable (laughs) you're like yo yo i'm watching uh all i can think of is harry potter references but i'm transgender so i can't do it (laughs) Um, I guess. That's totally understandable, and I respect the fuck out of that. Okay, I'll make one. Okay, I'll do one for you, JK. Um, <laughs> you really? Are you? Do you know like nearly headless Nick? Like, are you friends now? Honestly, I feel like I am nearly headless Nick. Yo, I fucking had my whole neck cut open. Dead like, ass. <laughs> literally the deadest of asses. That's no, crazy. Literally, I had when I woke up, and this is literally eleven inches across. But not only that, like they so they took them out of my neck. And the reason they did this, which I'm very grateful for, is because they, my doctor actually was like, right before, he, or he, well, they knocked me out, and he said, my resident said that the doctor was like, so if this were your girlfriend, what would you want to happen to her? <laughs> right before, like, he was about to, like, cut my neck open, and I talked to him about this later, because, and I'll get to the tube pulling out of my head, which is fucking insane, 
Um, basically, they the one, were like, like the ribbon coming out of the throat, like for fucking much, honestly, t- pretty much. Oh, no? pretty fucking much. But <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he was like, I want like the most like cosmetic, which I appreciate that they actually considered like my cosmetics and shit. Um, so basically, he was, was like, one incision is gonna be a lot easier to heal than a bilateral, and there's this thing called skin gapping, which is fucking weird. So basically, if you have two incisions at different spots, it sounds like how you do a certain drug, like how you mix two drugs. Yo, you want to go skin gapping next week? <laughs> that's what it. That's what that sounds like. It does kind of sound like that. I didn't even know this was a thing until you told me later. But apparently, as you age, obviously elasticity in your skin changes. So he didn't want me to have like two really tight spots on my fucking neck. And then, like, as I'm, like, 60 years old, my neck just to be, like, falling apart in the middle. So I appreciate that. Um, and you honestly, structural integrity, I look you got, like, a fucking free facelift. <laughs> like, <laughs> you look good, homie. Thank you. You look good. Well, it's actually, and if you see a picture of me before, like, February 2022, my neck was just swollen. I had, like, a huge swelling because my lymph nodes had fucking cancer in them. So they removed that and makes sense that I look better and feel better. But basically, since the surgery, um, so yeah, so I had this tube coming out of my head. That was a whole thing. Behind my ear, you can see a scar. There's like Yo. something there. Yeah. Basically, I had like, do you know what a French drain is? I do not. So a French drain is where they'll put like a drain that takes like multiple like sides and it'll like filter it out. So like, like say in a yard, you have like a hose and then you like cover it with rocks. The water, because it's lower, will go into it and then drain out. Okay. So that was the same concept. I had this thing that was like two inches thick across this entire scar across my neck, and it exited in a tube that I had to fucking drain, which is disgusting. Basically, because the swelling and the fluid that comes from the surgery, it's better to like exit it because it'll create swelling. So I had that for a week, and the process of removing that was literally this woman, so it's like behind my ear, so I can't like see it. She literally comes over in this tube is like hang out and I'll like give you a picture if you'd like want it I don't fucking care but basically we'll she grabs we make it the cover of the episode you want that maybe maybe I don't know promo gross, I mean, I just... but she grabs this tube at like the base of my head and just yanks it and it doesn't come out she did this to me three times and so I'm just standing there and she's literally just yanking on my fucking neck and this tube thing is just like moving my body because it's like in my neck <laughs> And then she's like, I'm going to go get the resident, and he's going to pull this out, which was the resident that had done my surgery, and that's how I found out that he he actually spent, like, two and a half hours sewing me up because he was like, I wanted you to, like, feel good about this, which I appreciated. He was also kind of hot, so shout out to him. There you go. Yeah, I mean, residents are, like, my age. That part was on purpose. <laughs> if he hears this, <laughs> by all means. Um, Hit up Serena. He and T, doctor guy, I forget his last name, but doctor something, hottie. So Dr. Hottie, <laughs> we're doxing him right now. Dr. So, Hottie, please hit up the show. I will connect you. Absolutely. Missed connections, Craigslist. So Let's he go. comes into this like room and it's me, my best friend who took me because my parents were out of town, which sucked, but it was okay. But they, so my best friend brought me, there's this nurse woman who like couldn't pull it out. And then there's like the resident guy. And so he dead ass comes behind me and he's like t- talking to me about my surgery and like why he did what he did, which was also nice to hear. Cause like no one really explained to me why they did what they did. So he fucking grabs my like neck tube. And when I shit you not, like pulled this like a fucking lawnmower. I was about dead to say ass, like pulled this shit, like it fucking yanked, but it came the fuck out of my neck, all of it. And I was like, hell yeah! And they were like, 
No one has ever been excited about this. <laughs> and no one has ever wanted a tube ripped out of their head. And I was like, first of all, that shit was uncomfortable as fuck because I could feel it. And it I was bet. weird. And like, so half of my face from the surgery was numb as well. So like my left ear was numb for like two, three months. I still from like the left side of my chin over, this is still numb. Like from my, like, it's well, still like, right now. Yeah. It's like coming back, but from the nerve damage of literally slitting my throat. So like every single day mm-hmm. you just got here from a dentist appointment. Yeah. I can't like, like I can touch this and it's like numb. Yeah. That is so And wild. I just have to live with it. Does it, does it make the like big lip feeling too? Or is no, it that No, thankfully it's not in it, my mouth anymore. It was it's not for, up there. It was in my jaw for like a minute, but now it's just like the skin. But I mean, unless I'm being like choked or something, who's really grabbing my throat? So like. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> But, okay, so that being said, large backstory into why I'm in Cowtown. So, basically, after having this, like, near-death experience and being, like, the past two years, I felt like shit. I haven't really been able to do anything because my energy has been low. I need to do something that I love. And so I used to work in Boston. I worked for Northeastern University. And I used to plan large-scale events for this program specifically for them. And I started planning concerts for them. And I just fell in love. And it was, like, my calling. And my boss even was, like, after that, because it was a contract position, she was, like, dude, you really need to go into, like, event management, how to get events done, how to do this marketing shit, like, do all that. But no one would hire me, which is really fucking funny, actually, ironically, like, now. But so I saw Doug posted on his story wherever he he was here, or he is here somewhere. (laughs) Doug posted on his story that he was hosting a fashion show. And I was like, first of all, I love some fashion. I love wearing bougie clothes. I love shopping. Always have. Um, I was like, that'd be really fun. And I was like, I don't know. I just had this, like, gut feeling that Doug needed help. <laughs> so I, like... That's how I got my first co-host. I'm just kidding. Really? I'm just oh. kidding. I just felt that he needed help. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes people Sorry, Gage. It. That was a joke at your expense. Anyway. So, I felt like Doug needed some help. Basically, I just, like, hit him up on one of his flyers, and I was like, yo, can I help with this? <laughs> and he was like, what do you want to do? And I was, he was like, do you want to do, like, ticketing? And I was like, no, that is not my... I, I was like, honestly, I was low-key kind of offended, and I've told him this, which is kind of funny. I was like... <laughs> I want to do ticketing. I know. I was like, How why are you? you... I was like, everything else. Literally everything else is, like, what I'm good at doing. Like, I'm good at, like, creating, like, an ambiance and, like, a crowd. I'm good at, like, event coordinating and planning. I'm good at, like, the creative part. I'm good at creating a vibe. Y'all see this sign in front of us right now? I did hand make the sign. Thank you. I don't know if the mic's picking up the applause, (laughs) but there it is. I hope. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. So, (laughs) basically, I just DM'd Doug, and he was like... Do you, he was like, do you want to help with ticketing? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I think we need to set up a meeting so we can like talk it through. So Doug was like, let me talk to my business partner at the time and whatever. So basically I was like hit him up on a random Sunday and I was just like feeling good. And I was like at Parable Coffee and Doug came and met me and I was like, you should be doing this thing, this thing, and this thing. And I was like, are you doing this, that, and this? And he was like, what? And I was like, okay yeah I was like this is gonna go well so basically I helped with the first fuck you fashion or the second fuck you fashion show Doug and Kat had done the first one another one coming up right yes another one coming up on September 9th boom September 9th aka Pravado 9 slash 9 but um so basically I was on with him for like three weeks 
And in the three weeks when I'd started, I don't think they'd made really any ticket sales, but we sold out in that three weeks. But basically I oh, yeah. created marketing, did promotional work, helped them, like, I've always been in educator roles, and I've worked, I was a camp counselor for a really long time. Very nice. So I started working at a camp. I've been a CIT. I, like, I know. I've been a CIT. Camp, you were a CIT. I was. Hell yeah! I know what when that I was means. thirteen. Me okay. too. I was a CIT when I was like fourteen, and Perfect. then I got hired. I, I wore an orange shirt all summer, and that's they what I did. They did not make me do that. But. Oh well, that's, <laughs> I, I'm happy for you. Uh, <laughs> I had to be visible for some reason. <laughs> Whatever. I understand because you were the counselor in training. <laughs> right, exactly. If you didn't know what a CIT was, counselor in training. Yes, I did not describe that for um, for the folks with lesser leadership experience <laughs> listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. Anyway. So I yeah I started working at a summer camp for children with who had experienced trauma when I was like 14. So I've kind of like been in these like leader education roles. I used to work in health promotion at OU as well. I used to teach. Ohio University kids about safe sex, alcohol, and drugs. There you go. I was the alcohol lady or the condom lady. It was very interesting. Those were my two titles on campus. So you People held up a condom me. and you were like, don't use this. Oh, no. The amount of... Do you know the, <laughs> the 13 steps of putting on a condom? Exactly. What is step number one? Crowd, what is step number one of 13 steps of putting on a condom? Hey, I'm listening. Buy one. There we go. Brandon it's actually wins. consent, motherfuckers. But oh, there we go. True, true. This is the but, truth. But, no, so I used to teach, like, the OU, the amount of babies I've probably prevented, and I hope so, and STIs. There you go. But I used to, yeah, I used to do that at OU. I've had a kind of an odd career path. but um, Solved overpopulation? Put that on your resume? As fuck, absolutely. Straight up, yeah. I used to teach chil- children, not children, uh, young adults Yo. how to use condoms. Yo, hang on. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which, by the way... This is an interesting point to do this. But we are going to take a quick break and come back in a few minutes. And if we have a sponsor, you're going to hear that right now. But if we don't, by the time this comes out, you're going to hear more of me talking for a minute about some other bullshit. We'll be back in a moment, y'all. Thank you very much. 